Fail Rig FM. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Mystery Machine, the closest thing Bellrig FM has to a science show. This is the show where every single week we take a spooky mystery and we try and figure out what probably actually happened. As always, I'm your host Angus, and joining me as ever in the studio is my good mate James. Hello there. How are you doing this week, James? I'm doing okay. I'm ready to find out a spooky mystery. This week's um, spooky mystery is the Enfield Horror. Oh, that's a good name. Not to be confused with the Enfield Horror, <laughs> which is another spooky mystery that happened in Enfield in the UK. Okay. That one's fairly famous, this one less so. But there's two Enfields and two horrors. Yep. That's brilliant. It's a very unfortunate naming convention, I think. Our story begins in the small town of, you guessed it, Enfield. You always know it's getting me. <laughs> but the one in Illinois. Okay. In the year of our Lord, 1973. On the 25th of April, around 9 o'clock, a boy by the name of Greg Garrett was playing in his back garden when he was attacked by a strange creature. He describes it as being grey and slimy, with at least three clawed legs and red eyes. It apparently stamped on Greg's legs, um, tearing apart his shoes with its claws. Eventually he managed to get away and just ran inside his house screaming because you would. That sounds horrible. That's horrific. Yeah. What, what do you think it could be right off the bat? Ow. <laughs> mean, mean old owls. Um, I, I, that's a lot. So, I don't know, a demon? A demon? Just right off the bat, like last week you were all sceptical, this week you're coming back hard. Yeah, it's either an owl or a demon and there is no in between. <laughs> of course. Well, half an hour later, um, the Garrett family's neighbours had their own encounter. Ah. Hmm. Mr and Mrs McDaniel came home around 930 to find their two kids just terrified in the living room, claiming that a thing had tried to break into their house through, like, an air conditioning unit underneath their window. They didn't describe it much at the time, um, but it was then that the McDaniel family all heard a strange scratching sound kind of moving all around their house. Mr McDaniel kind of very cautiously moved to the door and yanked it open, thinking it would just be like a wild animal, maybe even like an owl. Um, And he wasn't very afraid. But then he became very afraid (laughs) when he came face-to-face with this horrible disgusting looking creature and like any good american he grabbed his gun and tried to just straight up ice it oh that's brilliant we love a good whenever it's middle america it's always like they saw a monster and then shot it they just shot at it he fired four shots into the creature but apparently all of them hit but it just reacted by hissing like a wild cat he said the creature then disappeared into the night covering a distance of about 50 feet in three just kind of big leaping strides before disappearing into the underbrush on the other side of a railroad track, just over the road. Any thoughts? Oh, okay. So it was like a cat, but big, and it can jump really far. And it's horrifying. A kangaroo? <laughs> like the it's... last kangaroo in America. Yeah, like the one because it was from the zoo, and it's like, because it, it can hop really far, and... It's got cat-like features, and I imagine it could have a... Grey and slimy red eyes. Yeah, man, it all checks out. Well, uh, contact lenses, and it's been in the water. Right. It's a kangaroo. What is this zoo doing, man? (laughs) The McDaniel family then called the police, who searched the surroundings for, like, any evidence, and they found tracks in the back garden. These were of a three-legged creature, like um, Greg Garrett described, one leg of which was smaller than the other two, and it had six like toe pads, you know, like dogs have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, fleshy bits on their feet. I had six of them on each foot. So that's that's not how you describe a kangaroo. Which is no, it? it absolutely isn't. So someone's doctored this police report. <laughs> <laughs> so two, about two weeks pass until we're on the 6th of May, mm-hmm. 
when Mr. McDaniel is woken up in the night by the howling of some neighborhood dogs, grabbed his gun, again, good. Oh, why don't I close him open? And cautiously opened his door this time. He saw the Enfield horror once again, only this time it was in the distance, kind of like dragging itself down the railway tracks, kind of like feeling them out with its weird kind of legs. Mr. McDaniel says it didn't look like it was in a hurry, which is nice. Oh, that's good. It's got some free time just to, you know, go for a walk. The thing, the problem is with horrors these days is that they're so busy. Yeah. So it's really nice that he's getting out a bit. Now, whilst Mr. McDaniel's first incident was picked up by the press, this second encounter is when it went just astronomical. Mm -hmm. Like, the Enfield Horror got its own flap, a bunch of monster hunters, journalists, conspiracy buffs all began swarming Enfield, trying to hunt the creature, and five hunters apparently did find it. Oh, that's nice. But they didn't catch it. No. They found it hiding in the forest, um, and they opened fire on it with several weapons, but again, just didn't seem to do any damage, and then just kind of jumped off into the wilds again at a similarly high speed. Just just hopping off. Just hopping away, man. Then the last confirmed eyewitness of the Enfield horror was a radio journalist called Rick Rainbow. Great name. That's brilliant. Let's just soak that in for a second. That's a 60s Batman villain. Rick Rainbow on the radio, yeah. (laughs) Just, can you imagine? Like, why are you listening to us? Go listen to Rick Rainbow. (laughs) But he claimed to have seen the creature lurking outside an abandoned house, not too far away from the Garrett family and the McDaniels family's home. And Rick Rainbow is a trusted source. Absolutely, yeah. If Rick says something... We gotta believe it, yeah. yeah. That's a Rick Rainbow promise right there. He's probably dead now. Uh, this this actually really intense though, you think it was. Yeah. Although he wasn't very close, he did manage to tape record the Enfield Horror's scream as it moved away. Rick Rainbow from the radio recorders? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I would love to play this recording for you, mm-hmm. but I cannot find it anywhere. Oh, that's a shame. Not even the second page of Google has it. Oh, no. and that is everything. That's everything. I did find a Facebook page of someone talking about the recording. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, there's just no evidence of it. Because what happens is when you search Enfield Horror, you get the other Enfield Horror, which has a bunch of documentation. And I don't care about it. No, that's too big. We're interested in solving the little mysteries. Yeah, the little mysteries. Like this little guy. Because apparently he was about five foot tall. Oh, that's cute. According to Rick Rainbow, obviously trusted source, um, he gives a different description of like an ape, more ape-like kind of Enfield horror. Like the original one was just kind of this slimy mess. This one seems more like a beast. So like, more ape-like. Yeah. So Rick ba- Rainbow, off the radio, records the orangutan. Oh, very good. Thank very you. good. Is that just all you're providing now? Is <laughs> yeah. Shortly after, a cryptozoologist by the name of Lauren Coleman arrived in Enfield and did their own interviewing and hunting and the like. That's cool. They described hearing a strange banshee-like cry when they were exploring the area, but never actually found the horror itself. That's kind of like the last bit of active investigation that happened in Enfield. Okay, so it was just it was a horrific creature that was seen, recorded, but, but lost. But lost, yeah. If only we could talk to Rick Rainbow. Man, if you're listening... Like, get in touch. We'd love to hear this recording. This more ape-like Enfield horror mm-hmm. is actually more in line with some older reports from the nearby town of Mount Vernon from around 30 years beforehand. That doesn't add up because American monsters stay in one place for about 60 years. They don't go to other towns. It was the 20th century, man. People were moving about. Maybe uh, they got evicted. Increased mobilization. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They got on the train. In 1941, there were several reports of, like, a fast, gorilla-like creature with red eyes that terrorised the town of Mount Vernon. Mm. So some people theorised that this was the same creature or the same species. 
that lived somewhere in the surrounding wilderness. Oh, okay. Obviously, that's just a theory because both of these things have never been found. Yeah, if you found the first one, then it was like maybe the second one was that. It's the Mothman thing of anything remotely strange. Like, we were going to do the Flatwoods monster, um, which is just kind of Mothman again. Oh, okay. It's very similar, and just some kids saw it. The th- thing is with this one is, like, it's such a vague enough description. It was a, it's a horror, it's a monster. Mm-hmm. That a, a greasy ape boy and a greasy kangaroo can all kind of sound like the same thing. That's the one greasy zoo they've got running That's here. That's a good point. With a, a greasy banshee scree- uh, scream as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. But speaking of Mothman, Lauren Coleman wrote a feature on the Enfield Horror in Fate magazine with uh, John Keel, um, who you may remember as the author of The Mothman Prophecies, which oh, is a great read. And they kind of co-wrote it. For some reason in that, they call the creature a swamp slob. It has no relevance to the case. I just wanted to include it. <laughs> just because he's so greasy, I guess. So greasy, I guess. This just feels like bullying now. Yeah, there's no swamp. They're just being mean. Yeah, he's just he, he's a bit of a wet boy. <laughs> but then years later, the Enfield Horror Case was examined again by Lauren Coleman and old mate John Keel. Um, in a book called Mothman and Other Curious Encounters. Mothman and the Boys. <laughs> Well, like, John Keel is, like, the Nick Fury of cryptids. Like, he's going around researching them all, recruiting them. Just walks into a swamp. You're not the only greasy boy around here. What if I told you we were putting a team together? <laughs> the team consists of Mothman, the Flatwoods Monster, Frogman, and some owls. <laughs> just some owls. Not even the Hopskinville ones. Just, like, they were there. This book collected a bunch of mini cryptid encounters and theorised that all of them were alien in origin. Like, something including the Anfield Horror, it was just aliens. Yeah. This happens a lot. We've seen it with, like, Mothman himself and various other ones, like Frogman. If we don't have a clear answer, it's just aliens. It's it's not an answer, is it? Like, it's just an extra bit of mystery. Yeah. But if but if this is an alien, then what the hell is it doing? <laughs> like, like, the Roswell aliens were supposedly monitoring our nukes or something, but the Anfield Horror just likes breaking into houses and, like, attacking kids. Do you think the Roswell aliens like disappointed in their red-headed stepchildren that just go around spooking middle America towns? Like on their planet, they were like, we're, we're, you're going to Earth and you're taking these guys with you and it's just uh, Mothman, a grease boy. Three owls. Three. Just regular owls, they're from space. Yeah. But one guy thinks that he has the solution. It's an alien from hell or a demon from space. <laughs> I love that because not only does he have to like pitch that as a thing, but he's definitely been around Hollywood. Yeah. Like, demon from space. Well, this guy, he's a paranormal investigator by the name of Michael Rowley, who came to the conclusion that because the Enfield Horror's attacks were more consistent with like demonic and occult events, but its origins seem more like outer space, it was just like, why not both? Why, but, but like, if you're going to explain it as demon, it can come through like a portal from hell. You don't have to be like, it came on a spaceship. Mm hmm. Like, this is what always sucks the life out of me when I'm researching this show. Like, when the investigators are just like, oh, yeah, it was a demon alien or some shit. Like, you're saying nothing. Your job is to explain this stuff. I'd prefer it if you just said owls. Like, <laughs> it's just such a pain that we don't really know what the Enfield horror was. You explain it with more, like, oh, now we've got to explain aliens before we can explain this. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I can't not do my coursework and then just go, oh, it was ghouls. <laughs> you know, like, that's not an answer. It's not even an, it's like, not even not an explanation, not an excuse. It's just nothing. It's just the sentence you said. It's like, where, where's your homework? Ah, demon from space. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 
And on that note, I've been Angus. And I've been James. And this has been The Mystery Machine. You can catch us every Wednesday wherever you get good podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Spooky underscore Bowery to keep up to date with any show updates. And we'll see you next time.